Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Us and Kids podcast. I am so glad you're here with us today. We have got a special guest who knows an awful lot about things I don't know anything about, but things that you are going to want to know about. Her name is Rachel Greer, and she is here to help us understand how to make sure that what we're taking home into our places where our little kids are living and enjoying everyday life, how to be sure that those things we're bringing in are safe and are good for our kiddos and for us. So, you know, and I know, that being married is not easy. Adding little ones to it is a lot of more energy. We don't need to be worried about all of the other anxieties that can come with unpacking something and going, this isn't okay. And now having to take the time to send it back or put it away or try to refix it ourselves. We're not interested, right? Time and efforts have to go into just taking care of our little ones. And so that's why Rachel has joined us today. She is a former Amazon employee who worked in the areas of compliance in helping the sellers to Amazon understand what they had to do to be sure their products were safe before they got shipped over to your house. From what I can tell, Rachel worked hard at doing this. She met tragic story after tragic story and wasn't interested anymore in being the person to have to listen to the sadness of a family's heart and mind and just emotional set that said, we're broken because the toy broke. Our little one is damaged or is gone because the toy wasn't okay. And you and I know we never want that heartache, which is why Rachel moved into different spaces and was willing to share what she learned with us by writing a book called No Dead Babies. And it's not just sad stories. It's full of wisdom and insight about how to discern what, whether what you're buying is really worthwhile, is really safe. And so, Rachel, welcome to the program. I'm so glad that you are here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> um, so if you want to just add a little bit about a little bit more about where you are, how this has impacted you as a mom, I think you have a little one or two at home, um, and um, and that that certainly played into um, how you felt about the products that were coming in through Amazon and the structures that were needed but not really there to make sure products were safe. Absolutely. So when I first started working on product safety for Amazon, it was about 12 years ago. And this was when Amazon had just launched. Um, the baby department had launched like five or six years before. Um, so these weren't like new initiatives. These are initiatives that had been around for a while. They had the toys department that had been around for a while. And we were basically working on taking down recalled items, things that were proven to be unsafe, or investigating items where a customer had left a review that said something like, my baby choked on this, or my child was playing with this and it cut their finger and we had to go to the ER, or you know, any number of other <laughs> kinds of terrible reviews that you would get you know, trying to, to solve these, these issues for customers. And at the time that I started, um, Amazon was... Um, selling, you know, millions of units a day, and I was the only person managing this for all of North America. So it was a uh, 
a pretty big job and it was a little overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so the normal day started with opening up the recalls from government agencies and that was where the no dead babies thing actually came from was the next year when I actually started getting some help from my department. And whenever a day would go by and my team would be like, ha no dead babies today, because that would be oh. such a relief that we didn't have to deal with that for the day, uh -huh. because it would be something that was very common that a recalled item came in or there was a product safety complaint where someone said that their baby either died or, or almost died. Um, you know, choking hazards, fall hazards, you know, when, when, when that's what you're dealing with all day, every day, it's all you see. And so it's just really nice to have a day where that's not a thing you see. And that was always our goal, right? At the end of the day, that was, that was our goal um, for our team was, was no dead babies. That was the, <laughs> that was our end goal. And one of the things that was frustrating to me, so I had a, a toddler at the time, um, my, my stepchild, and then I actually got pregnant in 2011 and had my baby in uh, the fall of, of 2011. And there were a whole bunch of things that were happening in the company at that time where uh, Amazon got sued by the Federal Trade Commission in 2010 for um, mislabeling product. So they had mislabeled products as 100% bamboo, and you can't do that uh, unless it's actually like literally bamboo. 100% um, bamboo is often used to label textiles that are actually made mm. from bamboo, but the process to chemically break apart bamboo, because it's got a really tough outer skin, and then turn mm. that into fibers and then turn it into thread that you can actually make stuff with is actually really chemically intensive. And there's a lot of water byproducts and it's actually not environmentally friendly at all. And so the FTC was basically suing saying that people were saying 100% bamboo, ecologically friendly, et cetera, when the product mm -hmm. is actually in no way ecologically friendly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. one of the least ecologically friendly things you could buy. Yeah. So that Amazon got in trouble for that because what they told the Federal Trade Commission was our catalog is too big. We can't stop people from doing that. And uh, the FTC was like, haha, nice try. No. <laughs> and so that's actually what kicked all this stuff off with Amazon actually having to start paying attention to safety and to regulations was actually not because of somebody getting injured, which was kind of crazy. It was actually because of someone mislabeling, you know, towels <laughs> of all things. Yeah. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. it was just kind of one of those those situations where I was grateful that the FTC sued Amazon because at that point, then there was more funding for our department. We were able to actually start doing yeah. some of the work that we needed to do. So I was the only person in 2010 and I had a team of six in 2011 um, as a result of this this government action. And I think that's something that's, that's really important for um, folks to know is that if there isn't a clear financial impact to a corporation, it is unlikely, depending on the corporation, that they will make the choice to incur additional cost if there is no legal requirement to do it. Mm -hmm. And even sometimes mm -hmm. if there is a legal requirement to do it, if no one's looking, sometimes they'll still just mm -hmm. avoid doing it, right? Mm -hmm. So just mm -hmm. because there mm -hmm. is a law, doesn't mean anyone's gonna follow it. So that was the thing mm -hmm. that I was frustrated about was mm -hmm. I knew that we were checking imports. Um, anything that Amazon was legally liable for, we were checking. But anything that we were selling that were, was bought in the United States and anything that sellers were selling, we weren't looking at at all. And as a customer, how could you possibly know the difference? 
right? It was just going up for sale. It was ready for sale. And as a customer, you're just like, oh, it must be fine. Someone must be looking at this. And they weren't. No one was looking at it. And so hopefully it was good. Maybe it wasn't. Who knows? And so the person who would find out if it was good or not is the end customer. And to me, that yeah. wasn't acceptable. And that was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. 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 So from that, at least in my reading some about you, is that you then began to develop um sort of some, I, maybe I want to call them protocols about what makes some, something safe and what makes something not safe. Um, and something that was user-friendly for the end consumer, for the moms and dads. Um, Absolutely. And so that's in my part book. Of, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so can you talk a little bit about that, just that very practical knowledge that you pulled together from all of this yucky experience that you had? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So there were some days where I was like, I need to just leave and get a cookie. Um, We we worked right down the street from a a cafe and there were multiple days where I just got up and went and got a cookie. Um, So Mm -hmm. the the whole first portion of the the book is really trying to make it to where parents, now that you know this is a problem, now that you know for most marketplaces, it's very rare for any um, company running a marketplace to actually evaluate anything. So this isn't just an Amazon problem. It's just, I was at Amazon, so I know how big of a problem it is there. But it's the same problem with Walmart or Etsy or any other uh, marketplace is they're creating a platform for sellers to sell. They're not actually validating what's there. The The contractual agreements are that the seller agrees to sell legal stuff, but no one's actually checking that. And so who knows if they are or not, and quite often they aren't. Okay. Yep. So at the end of the day, parents are responsible for what they bring into their home and for what they allow to stay in their home, right? You might get gifts, you might, you know, get something off a wish list, and then you're looking at it, you're like, "Hmm, maybe not. Uh, But you're the one who's ultimately responsible, right? So then what you want to do is you want to look at the product. There's a few different rules that I have for folks who are um, trying to protect themselves and their families. The first one is about packaging. And I know it seems really boring, you know, it's like a package, how is that a thing? Well, it's because most packaging in the US is legally mandated. And so if the packaging doesn't follow the legal mandate, then what else are they cheating on, right? So if somebody can't even follow the most basic requirement, then they're probably not following the more complicated ones. <laughs> so it's, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a really easy kind of cheat way to be like, oh, you don't know anything, I'm not gonna buy from you. <laughs> so yeah. so that's the <laughs> You know, it's an easy way to remember there's there's four required elements of packaging in the United States and then a few other um, elements that are required depending on the product. But those four are it has to have a brand like a logo on the box somewhere. Um, Then you also have to have a product name. So what is it that we're talking about? You have to have a net weight or quantity. And you'll see that sometimes it'll be an ounce, sometimes it'll be a count. It's because the manufacturer is allowed to choose what's most relevant to a customer, the net weight or the net quantity. And then mm-hmm. the last thing is on the side or the back, there should be some sort of importer or distributor or manufacturer information. And that should mm-hmm. have either the city state zip and a website, or it should have the full physical address of the manufacturer, importer, or distributor. That is the bare mm-hmm. minimum <laughs> to be legal to sell in the mm-hmm. US. So if you get something uh-huh. from Amazon that only has a, a barcode on it and that's it, if you don't like, like sometimes it's in a different spot, like uh, clothing, all that information is in the hang tag, um, but most boxed item it's on the box. And so if it's uh-huh. not there, then if it's just like a plain white box with a barcode on it, send it back. 
<laughs> don't worry about it. Just send it back. It's not worth it. It means they didn't follow the rules. Um, so that's the first thing that I recommend to people. And then mm-hmm. for children's products, in addition to those four main ones, and sometimes you'll also see like the country of origin, like made in China or made in the U.S. Yeah. So in yep. some cases, you'll also see for children's items, it's actually required to have a tracking label. And tracking labels don't have a set format. So it can be sometimes confusing. Like, what's a tracking label? <laughs> so if you're looking mm-hmm. at, say, I always check this with like the stuffed animals that my kids would get over the years. And on mm-hmm. the label, you'll see something like the brand and the product name and um, mm-hmm. the way to like the usual things that are required in a hang tag. Yep. Then they'll also have something like 100% polyester or whatever. And then below mm-hmm. that, they'll have something that usually has an RN number. That's typical. Um, clothing or some sort of cloth will have an RN number. Sometimes mm-hmm. it won't. And then there'll be some random code and you're like, what the heck is that code? <laughs> mm-hmm. That is a tracking mm-hmm. label. If the product does oh. not have one of those codes somewhere, then don't keep it. Mm-hmm. So whenever I get something like a toy or um, clothing or a game or um, an item that's marketed to children, I'll actually go and look for the label. I'll go and I'm like, where is this little code? And it could mm-hmm. be any format. So um, like one of the brands that we worked with, their format was um, the day of the year and they did a um, like a number of the, so it was like the 212th day of the year. And so it would be like oh. 21222 and then it would be a three digit code for the factory. And so then the manufacturer knew this product was made on this day of this year at this location. That's the point of these labels. And so it doesn't matter what the format is as long as the manufacturer knows where and when it was made. So you'll see it in all kinds of formats. Um, but you'll see it like if it's um, like a toy, like a molded toy, like a, you know, like if it's a, um, a figurine, like, a, you know, a Paw Patrol toy and you'll turn yeah. it over. It'll often have made in China in it, like molded into the product. And it'll also have like yep. a little code next to it. And that means that it's got the tracking label. And so if you get something in a gift or baby shower or something and there's no code, then that means that they didn't follow that rule. So the the labeling is the number one thing. Like if they can't even follow something as basic as putting Mm -hmm. a label on the thing, then I don't trust anything else they did. So that's the first one. Um, The second one is ask for a certificate. Nearly everything has some sort of certificate, like not decorative, you know, hardware, like a, you know, a knob for a cabinet probably won't have a certificate, but something like skincare cream um, for yourself. Like if you're, if you're using Mm -hmm. something or uh, mascara or a, um, you know, a piece of furniture or a kid's toy or a crib, all of these have some sort of certificate. If it's for children, it's a um, CPC or a children's product certificate. If it's something like furniture or carpet or something, it's gonna be a general certificate of conformity. If it's something for like skin or um, a topical, um, you know, like a, um, you know, a, a temporary tattoo or, or mascara or something, then it'll have a certificate of analysis. Um, and each oh, one okay. of those actually have some sort of documentation from the manufacturer that says this is safe. And so one of the easiest mm-hmm. ways that you can validate is this safe is you can just ask the manufacturer, hey, can I get a certificate? And uh, we actually had a, a funny thing happen. I was talking to um, a Wall Street Journal reporter a couple of years ago, and she had she had her son's birthday party the next week. And I talked her through this whole concept of certificates. And so she was like, I'm going to run yeah. an experiment. And she asked for certificates from the three sellers that she'd been, she'd been looking at a particular type of, of car for okay. her son mm-hmm. and sent mm-hmm. a request mm-hmm. to them because Amazon lets you email the seller through the system, right? You can just click on the seller name and write them yeah. an email. 
So she went and yep. wrote each of them an email. Hey, can you send the certificate for your product? And two of them ignored her. Um, and one of them sent the certificate within 24 hours. And so she bought that one. <laughs> so that was easy. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. That is one way to see ones, which one is the best product. Because there you sit. Exactly. With a whole list of products, they all look sort of similar. Yep. You know, and then you say, do you go with the cheapest? Do you go with the one that's, you know, going to get there the soonest? Um, you're saying go with the one that has certificate. Exactly. If you're, t- if you're talking about your kids, mm-hmm. right? So like for me, I do paint by numbers as a way to kind of relax and calm down at the end of a long day, right? Mm-hmm. I have a pretty high uh, stress job with, with sellers who are always asking like, Amazon, shut me down, help. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of kind of stress throughout the day. So I do paint by numbers. Well, I am quite certain those things are not compliant. I'm con- absolutely convinced they don't meet US law around, mm-hmm. um, around you know, art products. But I'm an adult. I'm not going to smear it all over my hands. I'm going to be careful with it, right? So the actual impact of something being unsafe for me as an adult, I'm not going to use it in a way that's going to injure me, right? When it comes to a kid, like, you know, they'll, they'll sometimes kids will think it's hilarious to be like, I want to paint my hands now. This is terrible when it's like leaded paint, right? <laughs> so whenever it comes to kids, you want to get safe paints or you want to get safe toys and so on. So I always have that as the, you know, if I'm saving money, I'm going to save money on something for me. I am not going to be cheap when it comes to my kids, right? Like the, the impact of lead, of cadmium, of various kinds of plastic additives are way worse for a growing body than it is for an adult. An adult can often handle a lot of toxic stuff, which is kind of crazy, mm-hmm. but we can. Yes. Whereas it really mm-hmm. impacts a growing child much more extensively. And so it's important to make sure that, you know, spend the extra 10 bucks. I was actually talking to someone, that was one of the the, the things that um, is really surprised me how people don't understand how much things actually cost. So something like children's shoes, all children's shoes have to be, every single component has to be tested. And there's minimum between five and six components, even with the most simple pair of shoes. And so you have basically a $750 um, lab test plus, plus all of the component tests, plus you're buying typically from certified suppliers. So if I see a pair of children's shoes that cost less than $30, I assume they're cheating. <laughs> I don't assume it's a good deal. Uh-huh. I assume they're cheating me <laughs> in some way. They, they cheated somewhere. <laughs> And so I think a lot of people have this idea that, oh, cheaper is better. And if they actually knew what cheaper meant, cheaper means Mm -hmm. buying the leaded buttons that no one else will buy. Cheaper means buying the toxic glue. Uh, You know, cheaper means buying the leather that's been tanned chemically instead of tanned naturally. So like cheaper has a cost. It's just often we can't see it. You know, a lot of those kids Mm -hmm. who are injured in Flint, Michigan with the with the leaded water, like they weren't visibly different. They just started getting angrier and some of them started getting physically stunted because you can't see the impact of these chemical, you know, these problems, you know? And I think that's the biggest concern for me is there are those injuries where, you know, a baby dies in a crib, right? Because it was substandard materials and the crib broke or it was used uh, for too many kids and it broke. But then there's the insidious ones like the art supplies um, where Mm -hmm. it's, you know, maybe absolutely poisonous to use those art supplies. And you as a parent, how are you supposed to know that? Yeah, yeah. And how do you control everything that your kids do? I'm a grandma two and a half days a week. And, you know, so there are the (laughs) markers and there are the paints. And, um, you know, there are three or four kids running around. And um, you can say you're going to supervise everything, but often you supervise on the back end of things. You know, um, little one year old is crawling around the ground. 
Oh, because they'll do all kinds of things, right? And the little ones always put everything in their mouth. So I always focused yes. on brands. So like when you're buying something mm -hmm. for a small child, um, I will only buy something from Crayola, uh, from a brand like Graco, or from Melissa and Doug um, for a child mm -hmm. under three, unless I have the time to research and actually ask for a certificate and do that, mm -hmm. I only buy from big brands. Um, and the main mm -hmm. reason is because they have a reputation to protect. They don't want to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so you're making sure to mm -hmm. do all the work that they're supposed to. Whereas a lot yep. of times small brands are either ignorant or what's way worse is on Amazon about uh, probably eight years ago or so, Amazon thought that it was better for consumers to go directly to the factory. So the idea was, oh, it's cheaper to go straight to China and then have it ship in. The problem is if you're trying to import something into the US, it takes about, I think three days or so to set up an LLC. Um, then you get your EIN from the IRS, then you can get your customs bond. You can have a whole new business set up within about two weeks. So if you're trying to import unsafe stuff and then Customs and Border Patrol or the Consumer Product Safety Commission find out you're importing unsafe stuff, they'll shut down your entity. Well, you can have a new one up in two weeks. So who cares? Yeah. So what they would do when they started bringing in these direct from China factories, they brought them in without checking any of the product they were selling. So they brought in the product and they're selling it for cheap and no one's checking if it's safe. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. So just yeah, because it's cheap doesn't mean it's good, right? <laughs> yeah, well, indeed. Um, and that's often the tension for those young families is I need something that's cheap that fits within my budget. I want my kid to really like it. Um, and at the same time, I don't want my kid to get sick or to have long-term anything from it. Um, and so the stress for them of trying to balance, where is the the cost balance to the safety balance, especially if I'm buying th for three or four kids. Because um, one kid is one thing, but when I have to buy new shoes or something for two or three kids, then that all of that cost plays into such a decision process about, you know, do I have the money for this? Do I really have to spend the money for the 30 plus dollar shoes or can I buy the 15 or 7.99 shoes? And I think that's such a great question. And it's actually informed a lot about how I buy products. So for myself, my son has maybe two pairs of shoes at a time and that's it. And I just won't buy extras because I wanna make sure that it's the ones that I know are good. And then I have to replace them every six months because he outgrows them. <laughs> so You know that, yes. just, you know, Two pairs of shoes, that's it, sorry, can't do more. Mm -hmm. And there's certain things, mm -hmm. especially anything that touches the skin, anything that will be potentially in the mouth, Obviously, the most important ones are three and under, right? Because those are the age that yeah. are literally everything in their mouth. <laughs> just, Absolutely. You know, yeah. What are you going to do yes. about them, right? They, they will put everything mm -hmm. in their mouth. But it's it's yes. all about prioritization, right? So something like shoes mm -hmm. and clothes is touching the skin. I'm really particular mm -hmm. about that. We pretty much only bought Carter's. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anything with decals, um, all cotton, like just being really careful because um, you know, when they're really little, they're even more sensitive to any sort of chemical disruptions, yes. right? Yep. So that was mm -hmm. just my rule. I, I just wouldn't have as much, but I'd just spend the money mm -hmm. on like, you know, five onesies and just wash a bunch. <laughs> yep. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. you're, just, yep. you're just washing clothes every day, which isn't ideal, but it's yep. better than, you know, potentially injuring the kid. And as they get older, yep. it's a little bit different, right? Like, as I said, you know, my son is my son is 10 now. So there's a lot of things where I'm like, eh, he's not stupid enough to do that now. <laughs> so you can relax. 
as they get older, right? They're not going to stick everything in their mouth. <laughs> yes. Well, you can relax until they're about 14 and then you better up the, up the game again. Right, right. Then there's all those challenges. And 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 like, why did you put that in your mouth? <laughs> yes, um, a different why did you try issue. that? that's so true so true and you know one of the things that i talk about in my book is a lot of the things that people don't think about you know it's really obvious with babies right but another one of the things that people often don't think about is unsecured chemicals in their home so a lot of people will have drano or they'll have some sort of cleaning chemicals or my favorite is you go into any given garage and there's going to be some serious hazardous materials in people's garages right and I don't know mm-hmm. anyone who has a gun who doesn't also have a gun safe mm-hmm. because the risk to their family is understood, right? But actually the likelihood of getting a call to the poison control center because the kid got into something hazardous or ingested or touched something hazardous is actually way more likely than some sort of, of gun accident. But most people don't have a hazardous materials product safe. They'll have a gun safe, but they won't have a safe yes. to hold all of the toxic chemicals in their house. You know, So even things That's like that just kind of changing the way you think about products in your environment and you know mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize like warnings they're like oh there's so many warnings are people actually that dumb yes they are the mm-hmm. only reason why warnings <laughs> exist is because somebody got sued <laughs> that's why they're yeah, there that's right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit i know that you know the, especially for the first babies that then there's you know we have to buy a crib we have to buy baby carriers we have to buy strollers yeah. we have to buy car seats is there anything sort of in that larger category of things that new families purchase that they should really be looking out for is do we just look for function you know does it fit in my car does it fit in my trunk you know is it too heavy for me to lift those kinds of things or are there other things that we would say would be um, really more oriented towards either kids' safety or parental safety when buying those things? I think that's such a great question. Um, The main thing that I look for are brands that are parent-centric and baby-centric. So for example, I mentioned Graco. Graco is one of my favorite brands because even if there's like one complaint about something of some parent who potentially got um, a report of an injury to the kid, they will spam everybody. Hey guys, just letting you know there's this problem. And so everyone knows there's this problem. They run a recall. Amazon will send out an email to you. Make sure you don't opt out because those emails come directly from Amazon. If you opt out, you won't see the recall emails. Um, So something like that, if Graco gets anything, they'll tell you. And so the brand is actually really important. There's certain brands that I won't buy. Graco is one of the ones that I think they're one of the good guys. And then the other piece is thinking about, um, you know, when you're thinking about the the safety aspect of it and the functional aspect of it, there was one product I was looking at where it was like a diaper bag and it had a, um, a baby sleep area in it plus a diaper changing table, but it was stored in the diaper bag section of Amazon. And the way that Amazon's system works when they're actually trying for to check for baby stuff, because they now check some baby items, not all, but they check some baby items, is it's based on the subcategory that's in. And diapers bags are not for babies, they're for moms. And so if something is in the diaper bag category, it won't be checked, even if it's also being marketed as a sleep aid or as a diaper changing table, which are required to meet the standard. So this diaper changing bag thingy, um, it was like a three in one, you could open the bag and pull out and it would be like a miniature crib kind of thing. Well, it didn't meet any of the requirements for a mini crib. 
um, the the sides didn't look like they were mesh. Um, there were, it looked mm-hmm. like it could roll up on the side. Like it was like a suffocation hazard in the making right there. And I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe that they can actually sell this. But it was just a glitch in Amazon system where if it's in diaper bags, they're treating it like a diaper bag. But this was like a three in one. So the number one thing mm-hmm. that I worry about that I spend way more time on than anything else is anywhere the baby might be sleeping because people aren't usually watching. Usually you're watching True. in other cases, right? You're, you're watching when it's mm-hmm. a bath time, you're watching when it's playtime. But when the baby's sleeping and in a, in a, um, you know, a sleep carrier or a crib or mm-hmm. the stroller mm-hmm. or wherever, you usually don't go looking. <laughs> so yes. you come <laughs> when the baby starts making noise, right? And so yeah. that's actually one of the most dangerous times for an infant is actually when they're uh, unattended in some sort of sleep device. Yes. So that's the, that's the one where I'll actually put in a lot more effort to contact the manufacturer where's your certificate what are the instructions when i got my baby carrier i think it was 42 pages of instructions and warnings and i read every single page because that only exists because somebody screwed up somebody lost their kid or somebody ended up in the hospital and i don't want that to be my kid (laughs) so i read the entire booklet and a lot of people just Mm -hmm. toss those right into the trash like oh i'm smart i'm good But you're not that yeah. smart, especially if you're a new parent. When was the last time you held a baby? Yeah. Oh, right, you didn't. So read the book. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if, if there's a little yeah. warning booklet that comes with the product, read it because some other sleep-deprived new parent screwed that up, and you don't want to be the one screwing yes. that up. So, you know, yeah. things like, yeah. um, you know, putting a mattress underneath a, um, a cover instead of on top of a cover can be the oh, difference yes. between your kid getting stuck in a corner and suffocating or being yeah. just fine just one little thing like yeah. that one tiny mistake yep. and so you just it's just not worth it like spend the, anytime they're alone spend the time to understand those products and then if you're watching it's obviously a little bit easier the other thing that yeah. i'll say is like for me is a huge issue is button batteries of any kind um that is a major issue to me and especially in multi-children age households so um my older child's grandparents um got them a a birthday card that they recorded a song into. And so it had a button that was recording everything. Well, the problem is there's no requirement for a locked um, card. It's a greeting card. So if you're you're doing like a toy, they have to be locked in. There's actually really hard to open the battery compartment on a toy on purpose so that a baby can't open it. Well, in a Mm -hmm. greeting card, it's actually really easy to rip it apart and get the the card out, depending on how it was made and who the manufacturer was. Mm -hmm. So I waited for my child to listen to it, really enjoyed it. And then sometime in the next day or two, the card mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> it went bye-bye right in the trash. Because I don't want to have anything that's got a loose lithium-ion battery or a loose button battery, yeah. anything like that hanging around. Because my son was only about a year old at the time. He was putting everything yep. in his mouth. Yep. And so, you know, yes. you just want to be really cautious about like multi-age households because some things are perfectly fine for your eight-year-old that are toxic mm-hmm. or dangerous to your one year Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Just in terms of remembering that you have from little, little ones to kids that are, could be more responsible or a little bit more smart. Like I wouldn't put that battery in my mouth. Um, right. And <laughs> saying, um, we just have to pay attention to all those ages. And sometimes when we're parenting, that's a lot of work. Um, but it also makes for really smart parenting um, is to be sure that the two of you as husband and wife, mom and dad have really teamed up to be sure that what's coming and what's going is good for everybody in your house. Um, and one you know, thing I'd say about that is- It's very tempting to is, say, well, the seven-year-old put it in their room. 
Yeah. And so it's But fine. then the baby comes in or the seven-year-old goes and plays with it. And, you know, and I, yeah. I've, I've heard this a lot from folks I've talked to where the moms are a lot more concerned about risk and the dads are like, oh, mm-hmm. it'll be fine. It's fine. And it's, it's actually a really common thing for men in general to just not see the risks and things as being more important. Mm-hmm. And I would just say, you know, it's totally fine to be that way about yourself. Take whatever risks you want to that you feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that a baby has no choice. You, you are their caregiver. They, they have no choices. They know nothing. And so you can't really be too careful with a baby. It's not possible. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that, that's very true. Um, and that's often a good conversation for husbands and wives to have as they talk about how they're going to co-parent is when one of us is distressed about something, who do we follow? The person who goes, no, it's not a big deal. Or the person who goes, yeah, but I'm not going to sleep and how to blend right, those two right. together. And maybe there's a little bit of change that happens when the kid's six to mm-hmm. 10 years old or so where everyone's yep. okay with a little bit more risk. But at least yep. for me, I was like, nope, baby takes precedence. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. Well, and certainly, I mean, I think that that's a very wise stance. We just have to make sure that mom and dad are working that nicely together. One of the other things that I wondered about, because just when I read reviews, I'm like, okay, is the verified review a thing? Is that like, do I trust that? Do I not trust that? How do, how do you suggest we read those verified reviews? Yeah, that's a great question. So all a verified review means is that somebody actually bought it from Amazon and Amazon can link that review back to an actual purchase. So just because you, you didn't buy it doesn't mean you can't review it. Anybody can review anything on Amazon, right? So the verified Mm -hmm. review just means somebody went on Amazon, they bought it and then later reviewed it. Now, that doesn't mean that they were actually, you know, being honest. They could have been paid to leave that review. They could have been paid to buy it and leave the review. There are lots of of situations where, you know, somebody may have been a little bit more generous with their praise than they needed to be. But all that the verified review means is that somebody bought it from Amazon. That's it. And so sometimes you can't tell like, okay, so that person said it was really great. Well, I I hope for the best. And it's totally, there have been products that people have loved. I absolutely loved my Fisher Price bouncy thingy. I actually had one of those uh, when my son was little. And that's actually like as a baby furniture item is more likely to kill your kid than anything else. And my son loved it. Mm -hmm. He loved it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just because they're great reviews doesn't mean that it's, that it's safe, unfortunately. And, you know, I'm I'm sure, you know, when I first came home, my parents put me in the bottom drawer of their dresser, their dresser, they took out the drawer Mm -hmm. and just put me on the bottom. And I'm sure no one's going to give that a five-star review for a crib, but it was perfectly safe. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. As you think through what else you have focused on in your book, is there anything else that you think is really valuable for parents to know um, that I haven't touched on through my questions, but that you're sort of rattling around in the back of your head of, I'd like to add this just to help moms and dads um, be, um, how do I want to say that, to be the safest they can be, but also that maybe it's a piece of information that would help moms and dads see that reading your book would really be worth their time and energy. Yeah, I think that the main thing with the way I structured the book um, is the first part of it is just giving you the reason why this is important, why corporations are not out there to protect you. They're, it's literally built into capitalist system. It's meant to maximize the value of the shareholder, right? Oh, so they're not there yes. to protect you. They're there to maximize shareholder value. 
And so you have to protect yourself. The rest of the book, probably about three quarters of it, is just listings of products. Here's a product. Here's an example of an issue with it. Here's what you should look for. And be really focused on, okay, here's how I can fix the issues in my own home. Here's how I can be prepared. Here's how I can understand what this label means. And is really practical so that people, unless you've actually worked in this industry, why would you know what that label means? No one knows what that label yeah. means. <laughs> and so just something that's really practical and applicable to your daily life and just making it to where if you are about to have a kid, read the Durable Infant and Toddler Product chapter. It's, it's a whole book just on these products that are defined that way legally, strollers and yep. cribs and, and high chairs mm-hmm. and so on, mm-hmm. all this stuff. This is a great one to be like, oh, that's the standard, this ASTM standard. Now I need to go look for that when I'm looking at the the packaging. Just something really basic like that to where now you know it's a problem. Well, we don't want to scare you without giving you something you can do to yeah. fix it. Yes. <laughs> so. yes. Yes. Good point. Yes. Yeah. So you're saying that a good part of the book really is um, a bit of a resource book. If moms and dads go, that book has more than 100 pages or more than 10 pages. You know, I don't read more than 10 pages kind of thing. That you're saying, no, it's more of a resource book. Get through the first part of it to really understand it and then use it as a resource. Absolutely. To be able to say, so I need to buy this kind kids, of voice. So Exactly. If you don't have kids, go to the go to the section on kitchen or the living room area. Like what 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 are the issues there? Or if you're trying to buy jewelry, what even how is jewelry defined? Like what it's it's funny that there's actually a bunch of rules about what is gold and what is silver. (laughs) It's like there's so many things in in product compliance that are just like, really, that's a law. Yes, that is a law. Um, So, you know, there's there's just a ton of stuff that people just don't even think about. And you're like, oh, right. Of course, somebody made a law about that at some point. Yes, 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 yes. Well, I really appreciate your attention to detail and understanding um, and sharing with moms and dads how important the details are and that taking the effort to pay attention to them can save them a good amount of heartache and anxiety further down the road. Um, And, you know, they run a little energy. Um, Absolutely. You know, I remember being sleep deprived. (laughs) You know, um, and so being able to say, this is worth the effort, turn off your Netflix, put down your phone for a few minutes you know, and get this in your Kindle format, get this in the hard copy, but take a few minutes to check out what's around your house and, and what you need to get for birthdays and that sort of stuff. Um, because if your kids are safe, everybody sleeps better. Um, Absolutely. And that was always our goal. Yeah. No dead babies. End of the day, everyone's happy, everyone's safe, everyone's healthy. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'm glad that we connected. Um, I wish you the best, both in your everyday work there. It sounds still like a whole lot of details that would overwhelm me. Um, but also thank you for making the book and for putting that together. Um, and thank you so I, much I, for I, having me to talk that- about it. Yes, my pleasure. It's been a very enjoyable um, time spent with you. And to my moms and dads out there, remember that this is important stuff. Don't forget to take care of the details. We know that your brains are tired. We know that you um, don't always have so much energy. So maybe do what Rachel did. Pick your favorite brands, research them, and stick with them. Take the time to pay attention and to watch your kiddos so that they stay safe and that will keep your heart happy. I'm always grateful that you take this time to join me 
and grateful that you took the time to also listen to Rachel Greer about her new book, No Dead Babies, because it will help keep your family safe, secure, and full of fun. We'll talk to you again later. Bye-bye.